0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Free State Podcast. Uh, I am going solo tonight. <clears throat> Doug and Scott are uh, incapacitated at the time, so it's just me tonight. <clears throat> so, uh, one thing I want to talk about before I get started is the uh, Libertarian Party of Maryland convention. It is this Saturday. It starts at ten forty-five. Go ahead and get your tickets. Uh, join the central committee uh, and change your registration and then you can vote. Uh, we have, uh, a couple platform changes and we have, uh, a couple people up for, uh, executive board that want to, uh, help run the party. Um, so yeah, if you are interested in joining the libertarian party, now is a great time. It's off season. You can kind of get the, the lay of the land and, uh, yeah, we'll have fun with it. It's uh convention's always a good time. Um, we always find a good place to do it. Good venue. Food's always good. Beer's always good and cold. So, uh, yeah, come join. All right. I got a lot to talk about tonight. I wish I had a co-host or two. It would, my voice is going to be tired by the night. But uh, last week I promised that I would never not have a uh, show notes beforehand. And uh, I'm making sure of that this week. So I got lots of notes to talk about. Um the first one is the plastic bag ban. Yes, I'm talking about plastic bags again um, because it's so ridiculous. So I listened to the entire uh, county council meeting for Anne Arundel County for – I skipped through everything else except for the plastic bag ban. But it was still a good, like, 45 minutes of listening to this stuff. And, uh, you know y- – you gotta give a, a shout out when shout outs are due. And I give that to to uh county councilman in uh district three. He uh he was being a smart ass the entire time because uh the bill's a joke and he was taking it as such. So I uh commend him for doing that. That was that was fun to watch. Um him and Pickard going back and forth. It was it was hilarious. Um and, and this wants me I wanna reiterate. Um, you know, going to, if you, if there's a bill in your county council, if you're in Maryland, um, I recommend going because the average age of people speaking for these bills was about uh, probably like 65. So, you know, be the young voice in the county council, go in there, speak your mind, come there with facts and, uh, you know, let your voice be heard because, uh, it's all these boomers that are uh, controlling our, our government and County council or at least speaking at it I know they have the time to do it <clears throat> we don't so uh but try to make the time uh every second Monday uh, yesterday was a Monday so not this coming Monday but the Monday after there will be another County council meeting uh if you can go to it you please do uh, unfortunately my son's uh lacrosse Practices are on Mondays, so I can't go to them until the season's over. So, you know, come late May, I'm going to start going to them, pick up the uh, the whole chicken zoning law thing again and uh, kind of get back into that. But, uh, you know, family first and lacrosse. My son's lacrosse team is more important right now than chicken laws. Priorities. Okay, so the bill is 19-23. It's a plastic bag ban. Um, And what they voted on yesterday was uh, a series of amendments. They only got to amendment five. And, and some of them were not really worth talking about. Uh, Some of them were talking about having pets in plastic bags as is like gold fish that when you go to the pet store, they come in plastic bags. Um, And, and Trevor Volkey brought up a good point about, you know, you go to the pet store and you get a mollusk in a plastic bag, like a snail for your fish tank. And then you go to a grocery store and get a live mollusk to eat, like a mussel or oyster. Um, you, What is preventing you from going to the grocery store to get your mussel or your oysters and say that it's for a pet? And then they have to put it in a plastic bag. So it, there's a lot of goofiness in this bill. And I, I appreciate him bringing out the goofiness, kind of joking about it because the bill is a joke and uh, you know, shout out is due when shout out is due. Um, the, the one amendment that I wanted to talk about on the bill was amendment one. Uh, this would not exempt restaurants from the plastic bag ban, uh, or have them be exempt from the 10 cent fee for paper bags if they were to be used. So, uh, last week we were talking, I was I made a big point. I probably talked about it for too long, but I made a big point about um the the restaurant aspect of this, right? So from the hearing last night, the restaurant association didn't outright oppose the bill. What they opposed was the first amendment uh, the amendment one, which was to uh make restaurants not exempt from this bill. Uh so they would have to serve your Hot, it, let's talk about crabs, right? They would have to serve your crabs in nothing but paper bags. And we already know that when you get paper steamed crabs from, you know, a restaurant or a carry-out carryout uh, institution, that they come in a plastic bag or two and then in a paper bag or two. So that you have, uh, you know, you have that shield from the steam. You don't have that condensation building up on the bag, splitting the bag open and your hundreds of dollars worth of crabs are on the parking lot ground. Of said institution, so um, if if this bill ends up passing, you're going to be getting your steamed crabs in paper bags. Uh, there is no exemption for restaurants anymore, so um, that's great. That's great in the sense that it's absolutely fucking horrible. So uh, you know that's something to look forward to. Uh, your your average everyday retail kind of things are going to be in paper bags for now on. Um, the only exemption is when you are, say you go to the fish counter in a restaurant or sorry, in a grocery store and, <clears throat> um, you get like fresh fish and things like that. They will be in a plastic bag and then they have to go into a paper bag. So, but the way the bill is written, you go to get steamed crabs. They will be in a paper bag and probably like five of them. Um, and this brings me up to my next point is where uh, large retailers are already complaining about the cost of paper bags. Um, the, it's a large pharmacy retailer chain, uh, so probably CVS, Walgreens, or Rite Aid, or something like that. They're already complaining about the cost of paper bags and that their order of the amount of bags, what they, it wasn't spec- they didn't specify on the amount of bags. But their order of plastic bags was $7,000. And their order of paper bags of the same amount as plastic bags are almost $30,000. So um, the re- this is uh, a representative for the Retailers Association of Maryland. They really want to <clears throat> implement the $0.10 cent charge to offset the cost of the bags. And even then, it's not even covering the cost. So <clears throat> the way the bill is written... They, uh, a a retailer or, uh, some sort of carry out anything that would use a bag, right? They can charge more than 10 cents. It's not just 10 cents. They can charge more. So what you're going to be seeing is probably, you know, these larger chains that say, you know, you're paying, let's talk about CVS. You're going to CVS, you're paying a lot more for everything that you get at CVS than you would if you were to go to a multiple different places. So who's to say they're not going to charge you 30 cents for a paper bag. So that's, that's what this bill is bringing on is it's the retailers are complaining about the price of the bags, which has merit across the board, whether you're big or small, but, um, you know, it's just going to be more cost to the customer because the, the, the retailer is not going to cover that cost. Um, it, it was based off of the representative for the retailers association in the hearing. Uh, and they made it pretty clear that they're not going to, uh, they're not going to eat those costs. They want to pass it on to the customer. Um, and it's, 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 it's almost like a tax, but it's not a tax because the government doesn't get a cut of it, but it's, it's almost a tax. So that's all I want to say about the, the plastic mama. I'm going to keep watching it um, because it hasn't been passed yet. Um, and uh, we're just going to keep an eye on it because the, these amendments, certain amendments failed, certain amendments passed, so uh, there's going to be more hearings on it. I believe uh, the next hearing isn't until next month. Uh, so we have some time to kind of corroborate on it, get together on it. Um, if you can go to the county council meeting and speak out against it, please do. Because you will um, you'll be the youngest person there. You will. Uh, unless I have a 65-year-old uh, listener. So All right. Next thing I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about Westmore for a while, because he's put out a series of tweets that are, um, to say the least, ridiculous, and shows his sheer stupidity. Honestly, um, so let's bring up the first one. It's um, it has to do. All of them have to do with. The environment, the stupid tweets that um, that I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to bring them up on the uh, on the page, so you're not looking at my mug the entire time. Um, mm. there we go. So this tweet says, "Here's why Maryland will become the national leader in offshore wind." our 30,000 or 3000 plus miles of shoreline for generating wind power, our skilled workforce powering offshore wind manufacturing in Baltimore investments in clean energy from the innovation economy infrastructure act. So I like me being me, I had to tweet back at him, reply to him. I said, you mean the windmills that aren't made from renewable resources are expensive to upkeep and draw whales to the beaches and kill migratory birds. You're an effing joke. That's what I said to him. See it right there. So this is just one of the many examples of Westmore's just pandering to the political left. He doesn't have anything of merit to talk about, right? He he passed a the Maryland uh, day of of observance observance for uh, for trans people. Which is fine, but to do it days after a mass shooting uh, that involved the shooter being a trans person, eh, not not the not the best look in my opinion. Um, and you know, to go expand on my comment a little bit, um, it's it's known that wind power is the least efficient form of renewable energy solar power is leaps and bounds better than wind power. That's the first thing. The second thing is that the materials that these windmills are made out of are single use uh, fiberglass and plastic materials that once they are damaged, they have to be destroyed and thrown away. So it's not like you can go up there and repair a windmill blade. Uh, It has to be completely replaced. And these things are ginormous. And where does it go? It goes into the landfill. So, again, that is not being economically fr- or uh, ecologically friendly, Mr. Moore. Um, and a couple other things to expand on what I said was that there's been an uptick in uh, whales beaching themselves along the Maryland shoreline uh, of the ocean. Uh, and what they have figured out is that when the windmills are spinning they cause a vibration, uh, you know, down, down their stem. I'm not sure what it's actually, actually called, but that obviously goes into the water and it, that vibration is attracting whales because they don't know what that sound is. It sounds interesting to them. And next thing that they know is that they're beaching themselves on our, our ocean shores. So you have a, a higher risk of migratory whales going past Maryland to beaching themselves. And then, you know, it's one less whale. That's how many less baby whales. And uh, I don't know. That's not very economically friendly to me. And then the, the argument about um, migratory birds is that there has been proof that the windmills that are off the shore of Maryland right now in the ocean are right in the path of migratory birds. And they fly into these giant blades and uh, we kill a whole lot of them every year. And uh, that is also not economically friendly. So, uh, don't look at me. Um, So, yeah. So, that's uh, he's just sucks in that regard altogether. And then I have another tweet from him. I'm going to bring it up. Um, This is uh, a little bit more vague in the sense of what the. The subject matter is about Let me bring it up again. This is about the climate. And what he is saying is. Uh, oh, sorry. This one's about the Fair Wage Act. Sorry. <clears throat> so Maryland has officially been uh, passed as a $15 an hour minimum wage state. Yes, we will be the minimum wage for our state throughout the state, regardless of what county you live in, will be $15 an hour. Uh, With $15 an hour comes uh, automated systems um, at your McDonald's. It comes with automated systems at your grocery store, more of them than there already are. Uh, This just is taking jobs away from people. And it's increasing the cost of goods where people are, uh, you know, required to do the job that needs to get done in order to sell a product. So, again, this just goes to show our governor's economic illiteracy in the fact that he so look at look at that face. He's so happy that he passed this and he's so happy about the legislation passed it, rammed it, rammed it through, uh, fisted it through, one might say. Um, so that's just another great example of the idiocy, idiocracy, idiocracy that is, uh, in our, in our governance right now. And then I have one more and, uh, let me bring it up. Oh, I double did it. Okay. So uh, let's go back to Wes Moore's Twitter, because there's one more I wanted to talk about. Um, well, there's a huge brush fire in Owings Mills today. Let me scroll down. Okay, so let me bring it up. But it says uh, to achieve our aggressive goals, Hold on a second. Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, Okay. To achieve our aggressive climate goals, we have to work in partnership. Uh, Today, I sat down uh, with Maryland Environment and Center for Global Sustainability and Climate Advocates to discuss plans for meeting our ambitious goals, including 60% emissions reductions by 2031. Maryland will not miss this moment. Um, this is just going after your regular people. It is. Uh, it's just a, another political point for him um and honestly i mean this this guy is more concerned about uh fake climate issues than the actual issues uh we've had we have businesses leaving in drones in maryland and uh one of them is the guinness brewery not the not the restaurant i know uh, the restaurant not the restaurant not the tap room but the actual business side of it that distributes, that manufactures and distributes large amounts of alcohol, uh, not only to Maryland, but to the country. And we are losing that business to who? Chicago. So you're telling me that Chicago has a better business environment than Maryland does? Things are bad. Things are very, very, very bad in Maryland. If the fact that Businesses are leaving Maryland to go to Chicago. Uh it's it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous that it's happening. Sure, uh Guinness wasn't the best as far as COVID goes because they were kind of assholes to some of us when we try to hold a meeting there. But um nonetheless, that is uh it's gonna be 97 jobs lost and uh, you know, something that we can be proud of in Maryland uh i'm i personally am a fan of of guinness blonde and and part of the reason that i like it so much is because it's brewed in baltimore it's a okay beer it's nothing nothing to write home about but i like it because it's made in baltimore um and now i'm gonna have to stop drinking it because it's not made here and you know 97 people lost their jobs because uh because they decided to close down the brewery because our governor has no um, business savviness and no recollection, or he's personally uh, ignoring the fact that what he's doing is driving businesses out. But it's OK because we have $15 minimum wage now, right? So this is other tweet of him, of his that I wanted to talk about real quick says, on day one of our administration, I created the Department of Service and Civic Innovation because I believe service will empower our state to win this decade. Today, I'm proud to announce Secretary Paul Rio will lead the charge to make Maryland the state that serves. And my simple comment, and I'll just read my tweet, was, government doesn't innovate, they only take and destroy. So we'll see how successful... Uh, that new branch is of our government in the state and how much they actually innovate. And then, uh, one more piece of news on the state front. And I guess this is kind of national, but it, it really affects us the most. And that is, uh, Larry Hogan's former chief of staff was, Killed by the feds. I know. It's like something out of movie. It's like uh House of Cards almost. So let me bring that up. And uh I'm gonna read it. Fugitive uh Roy McGrath, Maryland governors. Ex chief of staff dead after agent-involved shooting with FBI. Um, I don't know if I should say based or. Uh, well, I don't know. This is. I'm, I'm kind of have mixed emotions about this one. So uh, Roy McGrath, the former chief of staff of ex Maryland Governor Larry Hogan who became a fugitive after failing to appear at trial on wire fraud and embezzlement charges last month, was killed in Tennessee on Monday. His lawyer told CBS news, the FBI has confirmed that Roy succumbed to the injuries inflicted earlier this evening. Attorney Joseph Murtha said in a statement, it is a tragic ending to the past three weeks of uncertainty. It is important for me to stress that Roy never wavered about his innocence. He was so innocent that he got into a shootout with the feds. That's kind of based, kind of based. Um, McGrath was located by the FBI. Oh my God, these ads. Uh, McGrath was located by the FBI in a car in the Knoxville area around 6.30 PM local time. Law enforcement sources previously confirmed to CBS News. During the arrest, an agent-involved shooting occurred, the FBI said in a statement. The FBI reviews every shooting incident involved uh, involving an FBI special agent. The FBI said in a statement, the review will carefully examine the circumstance of the shooting and collect all relevant evidence from the scene, blah, 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 blah. A federal manhunt had been underway since McGrath failed to appear in federal court in Baltimore, Maryland on March 13th. A warrant was issued for his arrest, and the FBI soon searched his house in Naples, Florida, and interviewed his relatives. It is not yet known how authorities located McGrath. McGrath was set to be tried on federal charges stemming from his time running the Maryland Environmental Service, a quasi-governmental state agency that provides services like wastewater management, composting, and recycling. Prosecutors said McGrath fraudulently obtained a service payment, severance payment of $233,647 when he left to take the job as Hogan's chief of staff in 2020 and falsified a document purporting to show the government had approved of the payment. He was also accused of falsifying timesheets while vacationing in Europe and stealing money for tuition for classes at Harvard. Hogan said Tuesday in a statement that he and his wife were, quote, deeply saddened by this tragic situation we are praying for Mr. McGrath's family and loved ones. McGrath was initially indicted, dude, these ads, was initially indicted on federal charges in October 2021 and pleaded not guilty. He faced a maximum sentence of more than 100 years in prison if convicted on all counts. Do not steal from the government because they will throw your ass in jail for the rest of your fucking life. So I, I don't have any comments on that. That's just what it was. Dude got murdered by the feds, killed by the feds. Um Hopefully he like, you know, went out in like a blaze of glory instead of uh, just kind of being a bitch and just being an asshole and got shot. But anyway, so he's dead. So uh, I guess uh, the court, the government's not going to get their money. Hell, they might go after his wife or something or his kids. Who knows? So uh, that's something to be seen. And we probably won't hear any more about it. Ray, Ray McGrath. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a little national news. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll get to what everybody's talking about today, but first I just want to mention that the fed, uh, a fed official says the federal reserve will need to raise interest rates above 5% and hold them there for a while. Um, so this is concerning for not just one reason because the interest rates are being raised, but the fact that, uh, the job market has weaned. Some from last month. Um, uh, when there is a certain level of unemployment, it helps bring down inflationary measures because there's less money being pumped into the economy. And it kind of – I'm not an economist at all. But what it does is it it kind of simmers down the economy. There's not so much excess money coming into the economy to where it could become inflationary. And in our scenario, any little bit can help. So it's kind of concerning that the Fed is is going to be raising the interest rate again and then holding it there, quote unquote, for a while. Uh, because that means that the Fed is uh, not feeling good about probably the unemployment numbers that are coming out, one, on Friday, and two, that their and you know their inflationary measures to to fight inflation are not working. Obviously, it's it's almost like when government regulates more, things get worse. And this is a good example. They're going to keep raising interest rates until we go into a recession. I mean, the, at this point, we are facing a recession. I know you've heard it for months, but it's it's getting there. The fact that the that the job market is, is kind of simmering down a little bit and that the, the fed the same day is going to say that they're increasing rates still, um, you know, that should bring up concern that we are heading towards a recession. um, You know, it could be very possible that we head into a depression. So, uh, you know, between the measures being, being put in place by the fed here, and then you have, uh, you know Saudi Arabia that dropped the dollar for trading oil. Uh, Russia, China, Malaysia, India—they're all dropping the dollar as a form of of trade currency, uh, especially for oil. Um, you know you have all the other like bigger powers in in the in the world that are dropping the U.S. dollar. It's not looking good for the U.S. dollar. Uh, it's not looking good for our economy at home and it's something to rightfully be concerned about. Um, You know, if if you don't have alternate means of currency in your, in your portfolio, whether it be gold, silver, um, you know, maybe, maybe some Bitcoin. I'm not a huge crypto person. I'm very skeptical about uh, Bitcoin just because, you know, if we were to have rolling blackouts, or you to lose internet access or, or power, then that that's gone. And, uh, so, you know, Bitcoin, uh, this is not financial advice, but Bitcoin is, is, uh, third, third rate to me, uh, behind gold and silver. So, and actually gold and silver took a huge jump today. Um, uh, I want to say gold was over 4% and silver was, was something almost 12% jump today. Um, doge took a jump yesterday because, uh, Elon Musk changed the Twitter emblem on your desktop version to the doge so it took a jump. But uh, you know, joking aside, the the economy is not doing amazingly well and it should be concerning. Everybody should be concerned about it. So, uh the last thing I want to talk about is what everybody's talking about <clears throat> and I want to do it kind of in real time to see what's changed. I don't want to give old information as of uh 8:40 p.m. on April 4th, 2023. So let's do some real time research because it's kind of fun. Uh, if you don't like it, then uh, well, fuck you. But I'm doing it. So I just I just googled uh, Trump. Let's see what comes up. This is just some Google search Trump. Um, as you can see, there are all the major news outlets have are having pretty much twenty four coverage, twenty four seven coverage right now. On Trump's indictment. Um, Live updates. uh, 34 charges. Here are the 34 charges. Here's the 34 charges. Inside Alvin Bragg's ambitious Trump indictment. Uh, Felony crimes. A courtroom made Donald Trump look small. Trump's arrest inside the Manhattan courtroom. Um, But from what I was researching earlier when I was doing the other show notes was, and this is actually sent to a friend, by a friend, is that on one charge, uh, this is for case number 20-55880. This is one of the many things he's being charged on. Uh, He was he he won. He won the first case. It, he was awarded uh fees in the amount of one hundred twenty-one thousand nine hundred seventy. dollars or sorry, one hundred twenty-one thousand nine hundred and seventy-two dollars and fifty-six cents. Uh was awarded in favor of appealy Donald J. Trump and against appeal Stephanie Clifford. Uh and apparently she's already already owes like five hundred thousand dollars in fees for these kind of bogus kind of uh court cases that she's brought up um so let's click this is eight minutes ago let's click on the new york times let's do let's look at this real time oh uh, we got a live chat <clears throat> live updates trump addresses supporters that are pleading not guilty to 34 felony counts
1: I have a son here who's done a great job, and I have another son here who's done a great job. And Ivanka and Barron will be great someday. He's tall. He is tall and he's smart. But I have a great family, and they've done a fantastic job, and we appreciate it very much. They've gone through hell. So she's suing me over banks that weren't defrauded, when she should be focused on violent crime that's driving people out of the state. This is a persecution, not an investigation. She's put our family through hell. It's cost hundreds of millions of dollars to defend. But our heads are held very, very high. They want to settle the case, but I want no part of that. So here we are now. It's where we were today in a city that was so great just four or five years ago. But now we're there Spend time there today, as you possibly read. With a local failed district attorney charging a former president of the United States for the first time in history on a basis that every single pundit and legal analyst said, There is no case. There's no case. They kept saying, There's no case. <laughs> Virtually everyone. But it's far worse than that because he knew there was no case. That's why last week he delayed for a month and then immediately took that back and threw this ridiculous indictment together. Came out today, everybody said, this is not really an indictment, there's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here, they're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. for which he should be prosecuted, or at a minimum, he should resign. And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. His chief prosecutor, who represented the Democrats and crooked Hillary Clinton in a firm run by Chuck Schumer's brother, Robert, he quit the firm in order to go to work in the DA office, in order to get Trump. Can you imagine that? Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Democrat lawyer, Democrat firm. Ultimately, he quit as chief prosecutor because Bragg didn't think he had a case. Think of that same guy that brought this ridiculous thing today. Yet during his investigation, this prosecutor named Mark Pomerantz wrote and published a book saying all sorts of privileged things and has been very strongly, really uh, reprimanded. He was reprimanded so strongly. I've never seen anything like it That's probably the end of it. But what he did was probably very illegal, but he was very, very strongly reprimanded. Even District Attorney Bragg was furious with him. They were having a tremendous fight in the office because of it. But hope is never lost because various prosecutors in the DA's office also quit because they thought President Trump was being treated very unfairly. How about that? Isn't that great? Oh, I love them. I'd like to meet them. I'd like to meet them.
0: Trump is looking very orange, by the way.
1: Meet the team of executives who have done this to President Trump. That was the title. Isn't that nice? They immediately had to take it down. Meanwhile, overall, crime in New York was up 30% last year, much more than that the year before, with felony assaults, robberies, and burglaries all up by massive, massive numbers. Not the same place that I know, not the same place that you know. And this is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family, whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris, and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign, and a lot of it. We recently had another trial, and the same judge told the fine man who worked for me for many, many years that if you admit your guilt, you will be in jail for 90 days. But if you don't, if we go through a trial and you're found guilty, you're going away for 10 years and maybe longer which for a 75-year-old man with a great family, really means life. What the prosecutors and judge did to that man, I will never forget, because it's right out of the old Soviet Union. That's where we are. They said, you say anything about Trump, meaning that's bad, and you won't even have to serve the 90 days, you'll walk free. And they say that to many of my employees, We have this Jack Smith lunatic threatening people every single day through his representatives. They're threatening jail terms. But talk about Trump and you'll go free. This is where we are as a nation. Who would have thought they can't beat us at the ballot box, so they try and beat us through the law. That's the country in which we live, however, right now. The USA is a mess. Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. Russia has joined with China. Can you believe that? Saudi Arabia has joined with Iran. China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea have formed together as a menacing and destructive coalition. Would have never happened if I were your president. Would never have happened. Nor would Russia attack in Ukraine have happened. All of those lives would be saved. All of those beautiful cities would be standing. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There will be no defeat like that. That will take us away from being even a great power. If you took the five worst presidents in the history of the United States and added them up, they would not have done near the destruction to our country as Joe Biden and the Biden administration have done. Incredibly, we are now a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt nevertheless that we will make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you very much everybody. Thank you.
0: Gotta acquire that down before uh, YouTube gives me a strike for playing huh? music that I I can't I can't play. So uh, luckily, we chimed in at the right time. We heard some words from Donald Trump, um, which you know, for the most part, look, I don't I don't fucking love the guy, but you know, he's he's right on a lot of these most things. He really is. Um, you know, sure, he did. You know, he banned bump stocks. He printed the most money that has ever been printed in uh, the history of the United States since the Federal Reserve. And we started using, you know, the the fiat dollar as our our currency. Um, He he pushed the vaccine through regulatory measures and that, you know, you know, operation warp speed. Um, He. And, he, you know, he, he did make us a, a laughingstock by a lot of the world, whether they're right or wrong, they were laughing at us. So, uh, but that being said, and this is saying something about everyone else. I'm 31 years old and it, I will argue that he is the best president we've had in my lifetime. In my 31 years of life, I will argue that he is the best president that we've had. Um, under Donald Trump, uh gas was cheap, uh, the housing market was good, uh, interest rates were low, and up until COVID, he really fucking dropped the ball on COVID. But up until then, um, you know, things were good. And it, it's it's hard to say that if it weren't for COVID, things would have kept going good because he was surrounding himself with the swamp that he swore that he would drain. Uh, He's, he surrounded himself with swamp monsters Um, and his, his cabinet was bad. His uh, experts were bad. His aides were bad. Everybody was bad, but that's his fault. He hired those people. So, uh, you know, sure. Give credit where credit's due, but be critical of people when they fuck up. And, and Trump definitely fucked up a lot. Uh, But that being said, you know, I, I, these these charges are no pun intended trumped up charges they really are and uh i have no qualms saying about that i, I you know you, you can't you you can't just lie to yourself and lie to everybody else and saying that you know everything was bad under trump it wasn't it really wasn't um me personally uh i was able to buy a house while donald trump was president i got new vehicles under Trump when when he was president because interest rates were low. Sure, it did it have a lot to do with Trump. Uh, it could be argued, right? But the interest rates were low on things. Uh, the housing market was really good, especially for buyers at the time. So, uh, you know, I could have waited another six months and interest rates would have gone down even more. So, uh, you know, it, this is just... It's it's ridiculous the fact that this is happening, and the fact that it's happening in the state in 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 the in the manner that it is happening. Um, I'll be critical of the guy, as fast as anybody else. But these are trumped up charges, the, I, and and honestly, the the state of New York, New York City, they're they're wasting their time, and all it's going to do is it's going to give Trump more momentum in his uh, his campaign. And it's probably going to lead to a Trump 2024 presidency. And quite frankly, I'm okay with that. Uh, You know, if it's him or Biden, I'll take, take Trump every day of the week. Uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be critical of him. If he does become president again, I definitely will be critical of him, but I mean, we got, we got to look at reality. We got to look at what is best for us. And the fact is He didn't start any new wars. Granted, he didn't end any wars, but he didn't start any new wars. He was still dropping bombs on people. Uh, He wanted to, he banned bump stocks, even though they they don't create close to the rate of fire as a fully automatic weapon. Um, He did a lot of stupid shit, but at the same time, he at least was a coherent person. He wasn't like a geriatric patient that was standing up at the podium. Uh, he can walk and play golf instead of just like, you know, look like an old man that just shit his fucking pants and is trying to, you know, walk away from any questioning. Um, he was entertaining. And, uh, and I know that's something that's not to be proud of, of our president, but he was entertaining. The dude was funny. I, he, some the uh, his audio clips are hilarious and I don't care who you are. Some of the shit that he says is hilarious. Um, I did notice he seemed very, not only just tonight, but throughout since he's started running again, he seems relatively deflated. He doesn't seem as uh, robust and energetic as he was. I don't know if he's trying to kind of calm his rhetoric down um, in order to to try to appeal to more people. But frankly, that's, I mean, I don't like the guy, but that's part of the reason why, he was interesting to me is because the the stuff that he said in these interviews and in these uh statements and things like that is he said some funny stuff he did he's he's great great uh clickbait and and obviously we saw it we saw all the news articles just going crazy over him being indicted uh and you know let's you know he, the the mainstream media loves him too even if they say they hate him they do love him because look at all the click traffic they're probably getting from him covering, from them covering this story, um, you know. Imagine a mainstream media source that isn't covering the story of how they're getting defeated, utterly defeated in the in the the viewing ratings right now. So you know, you know that's my opinion on it. He, most of you who listen to me know my political stance on pretty much on most things. I, I try not to hide anything, right? Because I want to give a, a completely unbiased opinion on what I'm talking about. Um, and if there is a biases, I want you to know about it ahead of time. Or I want you to recognize the biases when I'm talking about something. So the fact that I'm saying these things is something that I think if, uh, you know, you, you were looking to yourself, you probably feel an, an identical way. That things were better under, under Donald Trump. Yes, he fucked up royally in a lot of ways. Absolutely. But did he go to war with Afghanistan and Iraq, like George Bush? Did he, uh, bomb more people and kill more civilians than Obama? No. Um, and then here we are as Biden, when, you know, sure, some of this economic disaster is from Trump, but at what what point do you still point the finger at, at Trump, right? We're going on a, a, you know, uh, into year three of, year three? Yeah, year three of the Biden presidency, and things just keep getting fucking worse. We keep sending money to Ukraine. We keep... Ignoring the actual issues and pandering to certain groups, uh, you know, we have you have a mass shooting, and then four days later you say that trans people are the 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 spirit of America. Sure, individual freedom and liberty is the backbone of America. But to say that after four days after a trans person murdered three nine-year-olds is just distasteful it is utterly fucking retarded is what it is and we, this is this, this guy is our president look i you if you know me you know that i'm completely on adult trans people's side do what you want as you're as an adult as long as you don't hurt people or take their stuff or groom children But there has to be a line, and there has to be a little bit of nuance, and there has to be a little bit of consideration as to what just happened. Before you say something like that, make a national day of recognition of trans people days after a trans person murdered children and three other adults. We have a geriatric patient as a president, and all people are worried about, all the left, all the mainstream media is worried about, is a Donald Trump indictment. On charges that will not stick, they won't. So take that for what you will. Um, I, this is this is why I don't talk about national issues a whole lot because it's so contentious. It's so it's so frustrating, and there's so there's such a polarity in the in the in the discussion on both sides that it's it's not. I don't, I try not to talk about this stuff, but I was just by myself. So I figured I just going to talk about it and rant a little bit. So that was my rant. Uh, so with that, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, everybody have a great Easter. If you are on spring break, enjoy it, enjoy it with your family. Enjoy this beautiful weather that we've got. Uh, and Reach out to me if you want to talk, if you want to have any questions, if you want to go to a convention this weekend uh, up in Perryville, please do come. And uh, with that, everybody, I bid you adieu, and I'll see you next week. Happy Easter.